Good morning. Merry Christmas Eve and Merry Christmas tomorrow to all of you. And let me be the first to tell you, you guys look amazing. Like some people really got dolled up today for Christmas. I like it a lot. I, I dressed up too. My monkey suit I'm in here this morning. Um, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Scott. And I have the privilege, privileged responsibility of being the pastor here at Novation and uh, teaching this morning. So welcome to our church if you're a first-time guest with us. And we'd love to see you um, get plugged in and get to know a little bit about more who Jesus is and then who we are as we, we follow him together. Um, had a monumental moment this past Friday night. Our daughter Chandler got engaged to Colton. Yep. So they're in the back back there looking all good, and they, uh, they're ready, so it's good. So let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your wonderful love. May we experience that this morning and every day, in Jesus' name, amen. I wonder what you think of when you think of the word home. Like, Do you think of family? Think of maybe like good memories, hopefully, or... You know, just smells of good food, things of that nature. Maybe home is is familiarity, right? Home is where the heart is. And as I was thinking through this short message that we're going to do this morning, I was thinking about my upbringing. And my mom loved Christmas Day. She went all out on Christmas Day, laid stuff out and... um, it just was one really good childhood memories for that. We didn't do much on Christmas Eve except for maybe make a candlelight service or something. And I remember one year they decided we were going to go to the mountains for Christmas. So we were going to ski on Christmas Day. Tough childhood, I get it. We, we were going to ski on Christmas Day and, and do our Christmas on Christmas Eve. And so it was like six o'clock at night. We still have video footage of this really old video of... She made us pretend it was Christmas morning in the video. So we're walking out and we're pretending, you know, stretching and it's, it's Christmas morning on Christmas Eve, but she loved it so much, she did not want to break with her, her traditions there. And then you think about the famous Christmas song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Do you know the, the history of that song was written from the point of view of a soldier stationed overseas during World War II. And the lyrics say, I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. And then you have the person who must have been doing that this morning. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, right? Ones like I used to know. I pray that you would wake up if you're dreaming of a white Christmas, right? I'm kidding. I'm kind of ball humbug when it comes to snow. But songs like these, they speak of a, of a, a yearning that people have that I think are often magnified during the Christmas season or, or holidays this, this time of year. But then you think of when people come home. And many have come home for Christmas. You've traveled, you came from school, you came from wherever to be home. And coming home always feels good. I love watching videos of uh, military personnel 
soldiers, when they've been deployed and they get to come home and sometimes surprise their, their wife or their husband or their families, and just those tears of joy, man, I'm home. So good. Have you ever been homesick? I have. I love traveling, but I'm, I'm a homebody. I like coming home. And I remember even as a little kid, probably third grade, kids in here don't do what I did. But I had a sleepover at a friend's house who was about, I don't know, 10 blocks from where we lived. And I woke up in the middle of the night at like two in the morning and I was just homesick. And so I didn't say anything to my friend. I just packed up my stuff and I left and I walked home. And I remember getting home feeling, you know, okay, I'm home. I'm in my bed. I'm sure I got in a bit of trouble when the kid's parents came down and I wasn't even there in the, in the morning. Like what happened? And my mom, I think made me call and apologize or whatever. But homesickness is real. King David, who wrote the Psalms, most of the Psalms, he expressed a a different kind of homesick uh, when he talked about actually the root of all our homesickness, when he said this, how lovely are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul yearns, yes, even pines and is homesick for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God. This kind of homesickness is a spiritual longing with which we were all created. God created you to have a relationship with you. He loves you. And he created us to be home with him, to be, feel at home, know him, know his, his security, know his peace, know his love. And I think Christmas and holidays have a way of stirring up pain of grief, pain of loneliness, pain, pain of maybe a broken home, things of that nature. There's an emptiness sometimes that we can't describe it, but we feel it. Well, God wants you home. He wants you home with him. In those lonely, painful moments, if I can encourage you, lean into it. Because the good news of the gospel is when we lean into pain and brokenness, we find life, we find hope, and we find healing. So there's three things, I think, that are important truths to know what it means to come home for Christmas. The first one is this, that Jesus came to cure our homesickness. He came to cure our homesickness. He came to to cure the, the, the emptiness, the deepest longings that we have. He came to do that. He came to, to bring us home. And what is every human being longing for? Well, one of the wisest men who ever lived said this, God has made everything beautiful in its time. God has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. We are all longing for eternal life. We are all longing for eternal life. We spend a lot of time as a culture, a lot of money, a lot of effort to avoid death. We do. And we do that because death was not part of God's original plan. Death entered into the human race when Adam and Eve, in Genesis 3, early on, when they did not trust the Word of God, they did not trust His character, and they took matters in their own hand, and God had told them, you can eat of any of the trees in the garden, but this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that or you'll die. Well, they did it, 
and death entered into the human race. But Jesus, this is what Christmas is about. Jesus came to undo the fall of Adam. He came to do a great reversal on behalf of the human race and those that would put their faith, hope, and trust in Him. That through his, Him growing up from child to man, His sacrificial death on the cross, and then His resurrection, He defeated death. He defeated death for us. That is the heart of why Jesus came. Jesus said at a funeral, He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, they're going to live. That's a beautiful promise. I love that. He's the resurrection and the life. I was reading a book about heaven, and the guy gave a, a pretty cool illustration. It, it, there's no perfect illustration for transitioning from this life to the next, but here's what his idea was. He said, picture yourself at a party. And there's family and friends and fun and food and and all of that. But suddenly, you have to leave the party before everybody else does. And you're sad about it. And there's a little aching in your heart as you're going home, but not realizing you're going to your real home. And that when you, you pull up, you get in your driveway, you start heading towards the door, you have this anticipation that something's going on inside your house. And when you open the door, there's all these family and friends welcoming you, family and friends that you haven't seen in years, welcoming you to your new real home. You won't even remember the party that you left a little bit early. That was his point. And I think for us, Jesus came to cure that longing, that homesick on our behalf. Second thing is this. Jesus left his home to bring us home. He left his home in heaven to come be with us. He became homeless, so to speak, so that he could bring us home, so that we could have a home. He came to create a family. He came to reunite a family, God's children, together. We have some families that were part of Novation years ago, and some of you will remember this. They adopted kids from the Congo, the one family adopted two boys, and another family adopted uh, a little girl. And I was thinking about them. They left their home here and went to a place that wasn't their home to bring their kids home. That's what Jesus did for us. He left his home so that he could bring us home. John the, uh, no, not John, Paul the Apostle said it this way. But when the fullness of time came, God sent his son. He sent him, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Jesus came to bring us into his very relationship with his family, with the Father, Son, and Spirit, and bring us into that relationship. Remember this, Jesus didn't begin at Christmas. Jesus didn't begin at creation. Jesus, God the Son, has always existed. He's always existed. He took on flesh when he became the the babe in the manger that we're celebrating. He has always existed as God. He left his, his home in heaven, as Brian alluded to earlier, on a mission, a mission to come and bring us home. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 
God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God loves us so much that he wanted to bring us into his family, to bring us home. I was thinking about this. God is always a step ahead of our enemies. You say, what what enemies are you talking about? The enemy of sin, he nailed that to the cross. Our enemy of death, he defeated that on your behalf by his resurrection. And he defeated the evil one. You look around the world, you realize there is a real evil one who is sowing evil as best as he can. But Jesus is a step ahead of him always. Always a step ahead of him. In John 14, 1 through 6, it says, Jesus told the disciples, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So what Jesus wants each one of us to do this Christmas is to agree with him about who he is, that he is the savior of the world. He is your savior. And if you agree with him, you're putting your faith, your hope and trust in him. And then thirdly, being coming home for Christmas, Jesus came to make his home in us. That he would dwell with us. The apostle John, who was a eyewitness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In his gospel, he said this, and the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt literally means tabernacled. That God tabernacled with the children of Israel throughout their their roaming in the desert. In other words, Jesus camped with us. He came in his human body and camped with, with humanity. And after the resurrection, Jesus went back to his home. He ascended back to the Father. So he went home. So how does he dwell with us now? Catch this. This is so important. If you're new to the Bible, you're new to Jesus, this is an important thing for you to believe and hold on to. That he dwells with us now in the Holy Spirit, who is God. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. And so Jesus physically went back to heaven when he ascended after his resurrection, but then poured out his spirit. And so you have the presence of Jesus with you 24-7 in the person of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus also said this. He said, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. When we do what Jesus says to do, when we live the Jesus way, we recognize the presence of the Father and the Son making their home in us. When we do the opposite of what He tells us to do, then it's going to, for on, on our vantage point, it's going to feel like He's not there. But he, He's always there. It's a matter of us recognizing this. How do we access couple simple things. First of all, believe and trust in Him. 
Call upon Him. Trust His promises. He's made some amazing promises. When you exchange gifts tonight, tomorrow, you, when you get a gift, you receive that gift, you open it, you say thank you, and you enjoy it. That is what Jesus wants for each one of us, is to receive, to open, to say thank you, and enjoy Him and His presence with us. But then build your life on His principles. Don't just believe. He wants us to move from just being believers to followers, that we put into practice the kind of life that He taught us to live. It's not the easiest life, let me tell you. He has some tough things to say about the kingdom way of life, like love your enemies, love those who who do bad to you, who persecute you, forgive when it's hard to forgive. The way of the kingdom is not the easy way, but it is definitely the best way. And when you do that, when you trust his promises and you build your life on his principles, you truly find purpose and you'll live a, a, a life filled with purpose. Forget what you do for a living or where you go to school. When you follow Jesus, He's with you wherever, wherever you are. He is our purpose. That's why He created us. In John eight twelve, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness. So when we follow Jesus, we will not walk in darkness. Light always expels darkness. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray a prayer together, and then we're going to continue in our carols and our lighting. The words are going to come up on the screen, and I'm going to just ask you to do something maybe outside of somebody's comfort zone, is to pray this out loud, but from your heart. Because Jesus wants you to know what home really is with Him and His Father. Let's pray out loud together. Heavenly Father, thank You for sending Your Son to rescue me and to bring me home to You. Thank You that You loved me so much that You gave Your precious Son so that I would be part of Your family. Jesus, I agree with You that you are my Savior. I want to follow you as my Lord. I believe you are who you say you are, and I believe who you say I am. Holy Spirit, thank you that you love, thank you that you have made your home with me. Lead my thoughts, my words, and my deeds as I follow Jesus. Lead me to a deeper understanding of how much my Heavenly Father loves me. Lead me to know and experience His goodness in this coming new year like I never have before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to pass out some some candles that we're going to light up this room here. And we don't do actual flame candles because the sprinklers would go off if that happened. So that would not be a good thing. But it's become a a tradition at Novation to sing two carols as we light up this room, as the lights go down, and one by one, these get passed out. So I am going to be the first. Come on in. And we're going to sing, 
and let's light this place up and sing to our Savior and come home for Christmas. When you get your candle, turn it on. Mother and child
I love that line, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. We will never know what our worth is until we gaze upon Jesus. Not just the, the babe in the manger, but the man who sacrificed himself, God in the flesh, so that you and I could have an abundant life and eternal life. And I pray today that you put your faith, hope, and trust in him and build your life, what he says life's about. Lord, as we celebrate your birth this season, may we live your in your life that you've given us in the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace this day and forevermore. Father, we love you. And I pray that you would fill empty hearts today. Fill lonely hearts with your presence and with one another. God, where there are relationships, marriages, families that are struggling to get along, may the Prince of Peace be upon their home and their relationships. Thank you for healing us from our deep wounds, our own self-destructive behavior at times, Lord, and the wounds that have been caused by others. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, two things on your way out. We have a photo booth um, you'll see in the hallway walking out. If you want to take a fam- uh, family photo looking in your good Christmas best, I think you should do that. As well as you can turn your candle off. There's some buckets on the way out if you could drop those off. and. Uh,